Now about eight days after these sayings he took with him, Peter and John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. But when they came fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Are you a good listener? Listening is perhaps one of the most important and difficult skills. If you are like me, you know the people in your life who listen and understand you. Those people who truly listen are the ones we call when we are going through something difficult. They are the ones we love sharing meals with. Most of our listening today is so that we can respond. Rarely do we listen understand. What I want to suggest in this episode is that the Christian life is about listening and understanding. We cannot follow Jesus unless we listen and understand Jesus, and we cannot join with Jesus in the restoration of all things unless we are listening to and understanding the pain points in our world. Listening How are your listening skills? One thing that we can see in the life of Jesus is that Jesus often asked questions. Jesus was able to ask the right questions because Jesus was able to listen. Jesus listens to and hears the deep cries within us. In this episode, I'm looking at what we often call the text that shows us the transfiguration of Jesus. This text in the Christian calendar stands right between the season of Epiphany, which is all about revealing who Jesus is, and Lent, which begins on this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Today's text shows us the most astounding revelation of who Jesus is. And to set this up, we must see that leading up to this story in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus' identity has come into focus in a new way. Earlier in chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus asks his disciples about who the crowds think he is. And Peter responds correctly. Peter says that Jesus is the Messiah of God. But perhaps it wasn't as clear to them as Peter's claim seemed to be. 
If Jesus' identity wasn't clear for Peter, James, and John before the transfiguration, it sure was after. Before this moment, they've seen Jesus do all these amazing things that reverse the power and disease of sin and brokenness in the world. And now, in this story, they see Jesus' face become as bright as a flash of lightning. They see Jesus transformed. The word used for transfigured in our Bibles is the Greek word which we get the English word metamorphosis from. This text perhaps gives one of the most clear depictions of who Jesus is, and it shows us that our task as followers in the way of Jesus is to listen, to listen and understand what Jesus is saying and doing around us. One thing that I love so much about the stories in the Gospels is the things the disciples say. They never quite get it, right? And Peter's words when he experienced this moment of Jesus's transfiguration were quickly corrected. The story goes that Peter, James, and John were in a bit of a sleepy state while Jesus was speaking with Moses and Elijah. When Peter realizes what is going on, he says in verse 33, let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter misunderstands his task. Peter quickly jumps to doing something. Our actions and what we do are critically important, to be sure. But Peter, like many of us, like me, for instance, forgets to listen and forgets to discover the why and the reason behind what we should do. It's like Peter is trying to quickly do something so that this moment can continue going. Remember, Peter did not have a proper religious background, and maybe at this moment he feels like building a makeshift sanctuary is what's needed. That would be a good religious thing to do, right? Make some sort of altar for this moment. This religious impulse can hinder us from being Jesus's witnesses in the world. Because for too long, we've been known for our beautiful buildings and for what we do. I believe that Jesus wants us to be known for who we are as people who listen and love the way that Jesus does. Our listening leads to action, but the story reminds us that listening should come first. This connects with the Christian discipline of prayer. Prayer is about listening. In my tradition, which is the Methodist tradition, we understand prayer as one of the means of grace. This means that not only does prayer change the outcomes of things in our world, but prayer is one of the channels through which God changes me, changes you. Thinking about prayer as listening is important because Jesus is still speaking today. So we need to look at God's command to Peter to listen to Jesus. We have to think about how this story, the transfiguration of Jesus in in our passage, is similar to a story in in the Hebrew Bible. 
That story is of Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus 19. In that story, Moses goes up and meets with God. The cloud covers the mountain. And when Moses comes down, he has with him the law, the Ten Commandments. In that story, God was essentially telling the Hebrews in the desert at that time to listen to God through the law. But what's different about the transfiguration is Jesus isn't given any sort of law or message to give people. Instead, God commands the disciples to listen to Jesus. If you compare the two stories, what's different is in this story of the transfiguration is that Jesus is the message. Jesus is the living embodiment of the wisdom, love, and mercy of God. One of the things that sets Christianity apart from other religions is that we're actually not a religion of the book. We're a religion of a person, a religion around the person of Jesus. If we listen closely to Jesus, if we pay close attention to what Jesus does, we better understand the heart of God, since Jesus is fully God. God's command here to Peter in the Greek text of Luke has a sense of continuous action. What God is saying to the disciples is not just listen for that moment, but what God is saying is listen and keep on listening to Jesus. God is telling Peter and the other disciples that if they want to have a deep and abundant life, a life where you never sense you're lacking anything, it is through listening to Jesus and doing so often. We can't uncover the riches of the Christian life if we don't come near to Jesus and listen to Jesus. Because Jesus has so much to tell and show us today. A couple years ago, um, I was living at a parsonage of a church in Fayetteville, Georgia. And there was a room that had a large glass door looking out to an open field. And in that room, there we had a table set up, and that's where I did a lot of my homework and where I'd write my sermons for Sunday. And from where I sat, I could look out of the glass doors into the backyard, into this field. And on one Friday, I lifted my head from my work to look out the window. And on the power line in the middle of the field behind that parsonage was the outline of what looked like a bird. But it was hard to see with the trees in the background. So I stood up, I got out my button binoculars. And there on the power line was this huge red-tailed hawk. It was this beautiful bird, and it just made me pause for a moment. And then after a few minutes, the hawk flew off. But after this happened, I asked myself, how long was the hawk sitting there before I realized it? Maybe the hawk was there for 10, 20 minutes, but I was just so busy with what I was doing. I wasn't paying attention to what was going around. And after that experience, 
I would frequently look out that window, out those doors, and look for that hawk, waiting for that hawk to visit again. And for me, this is what listening to Jesus looks like. It doesn't mean having long, uninterrupted times of prayer or hearing God speak audibly, or it doesn't look like seeing Jesus transform in brightness like lightning, like in our text. I wish all of those things would be amazing. That would be so nice. But instead, I have moments where I just see the faint activity of Jesus, and it makes me wonder, how long has Jesus been in the midst of this? And then it leads me to think more, where else is Jesus today? What else is Jesus saying to me now? I would have never seen the hawk if I didn't look out the window. One of the most helpful windows for us through which we can see Jesus is the Bible, the Gospels. How often are we reading closely the stories and teachings of Jesus? Are you listening and looking for Jesus today? Because if you are, and if I am, if I'm looking for Jesus today, we might find that Jesus is closer than we think. Friends, this is Jesus, and Jesus is always speaking. When I live my life with the sense that Jesus is always having something to say, is always sort of out there doing something in my world, I feel like I'm not just praying occasionally, but I'm living a life of prayer. I'm living a life of listening, watching, waiting. Friends, let us live praying. Let us live watching. And through that listening and understanding, let's join in the work that Jesus is doing in our world, the restoration of all things.